With over 20 years of experience working to solve rising costs and uneven quality of care, our next guest is redefining holistic value-based care and expanding primary care access with a focus on bettering the professional lives of nurse practitioners everywhere. Sylvia Hastanen, CEO of Greater Good Health, joins us to discuss her company's tech-enabled, dialogue-driven healthcare network that provides holistic, clinically expert, and value-based care through prioritizing patient and caregiver needs with a specific focus on empowering nurse practitioners. Join us to discover how Sylvia and the Greater Good Health team are creating a game-changing experience to empower nurse practitioners to take charge of their lives and careers so they can best serve their patients. Let's go. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Hi, Sylvia. Welcome to our podcast, and thank you for joining up today. So nice to be here. Thanks, Mike. Well, given your deep understanding of the healthcare system, specifically in managed care and value-based models, as well as your passion to solve struggling rising costs and uneven quality, I'm looking forward to this important conversation today. But before we dive in, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And lastly, please visit the bottom of the episode notes to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Clubhouse in order to further the conversations occurring on this podcast. All right, Sylvia, it's almost time for our community to learn how you and the Greater Good Health team are expanding primary care access and building a new system that supports the needs of both nurse practitioners and patients, leading to a greater healthier existence for everyone. But first, what is that one piece of advice that you would give to others who are passionate about reimagining the health of our world? I would say, Mike, don't be limited by what's been built to date. Healthcare and particular primary care is ready for innovation, disruption, and transformation. It needs it, quite frankly, and we need to be creative and not let politics or egos get in the way of just simply good care getting to the people who deserve it. You know, it's amazing when uh, you allow the rule of orthodoxy to permeate an industry. That's what's happening in healthcare a lot. This is how it's always been done, Sylvia. Why would we change? You know, this is the way it's always been. I couldn't agree with you more. We need to think anew. Who cares what's been built first? Because quite frankly, I'll say, and I have no problem saying it, quite frankly, what we have been doing for the past 30 years has been putting us in one heck of a predicament in this country, hasn't it? So is that a a mindset that you share with your team? Is that something not only for you personally, but for your entire team? And then of course, sharing that with your customers and sharing that with your community. Absolutely. We live in a world where, you know, healthcare and we work, we play in primary care and that, that space specifically is dominated by physicians. They're the center of the universe in primary care. They panel patients, they're accountable for them. And that's the way it's always been, right? General practitioners or quarterbacks to, to patients' care. And it's evolving. I think it's evolving for many reasons. And there's ways to empower nurse practitioners to 
step up to the plate and do more. And so as we advocate for NPs and innovate in this white space to allow nurse practitioners to take on more accountability as primary care providers, we're constantly thinking about how to push that envelope. And we'll be first to put up a primary care practice that's nurse practitioner-led. And, you know, that takes convincing the consumer sometimes and getting them to be comfortable and open with the fact that nurse practitioners can provide care at the same quality level as a physician, but also our partners to innovate around that new model. And then our team is here because they're passionate about it and they believe in improving access to care to more people who need it and that equity and to access to that care. And so, you know, nurse practitioners, I think, are the folks to get behind. Well, Sylvia, I'm looking forward to discussing this. This is a really exciting topic. This is, you know, thinking anew, thinking of ways to really, you know, further deliver care and opportunity to access that care around this country. It is needed now more than ever. This is an exciting topic. I cannot wait to dive in and talk about everything happening within the Greater Good Health team and movement after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. Located in Denver, Colorado's nationally ranked River North District, Catalyst is a healthcare innovation campus that brings together stakeholders from across the industry to accelerate innovation and drive real, lasting change our nation desperately needs. From established organizations to startups, from accelerators to advocacy organizations, and from medical schools to global companies, everyone at Catalyst works side by side to create, develop, refine, and bring to market cutting-edge innovations that will fundamentally transform healthcare as we know it. With industry leaders like Medical Group Management Association, Olive, Medical Solutions, UC Health, Cirrus MD, and many others calling Catalyst home, along with innovative pioneers visiting from across the nation, Catalyst continually fosters their foundational belief that collaboration and partnerships will move the healthcare industry forward. To virtually tour Catalyst and claim your space on campus or host an upcoming event, visit CatalystHealthTech.com or visit the top of the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Sylvia Hastanen, CEO of Greater Good Health. Sylvia, you set us up already on the front end of this podcast. We're going to have a heck of a conversation, an important and needed one. I can't wait to learn more about what you are launching and have built with this company, with your team, the movement that you're creating around the nation. But there's a lot to discuss even before you launched this company. You've had a storied career. You have spent time with some of the biggest brands in healthcare, from Optum to GE to others, Davida. These are household names in our industry. And here you are jumping off that proverbial entrepreneurial cliff. I applaud you. I've been there. I've done that. I love it. I can't wait to hear why, what were the aha moments, the whys, how this come to be in the first place, why you're so passionate about it. Of course, then we'll talk about what's happening today with Greater Good Health and where you see things going tomorrow, how we can get involved, all that good stuff. But first, Sylvia, I got to ask it. How'd this come to be in the first place? Where were those aha moments? Take us into those early moments of where Greater Good Health came to existence. Yeah, sure. I spent my career in healthcare and the last 20 years or so in provider services. So I basically supported the nation's largest physician group. We employed physicians, nurse practitioners, nurses, and other clinicians. And I've almost exclusively worked in primary care as well. So I've had first row seats and firsthand experience you know, related to how to manage patients and practices. And I've built some innovative clinical care models to support patients in the home and meet them where it's most comfortable for them to get the care. 
we've evolved that now to virtual and telehealth and really cool technology tools to enable healthcare. I saw the writing on the wall that our healthcare system, I mean, is broken. And there's this looming primary care shortage. The pipeline of primary care providers coming out of medical school is decreasing. And there's this growing patient population aging into Medicare. The baby boomers are just getting older and sicker. More people are choosing what's called Medicare Advantage, which requires a connectivity with a primary care provider to quarterback care and coordinate care for those patients. And if we don't have those primary care providers coming out of medical school, who are we going to turn to? In my roles, I saw that we leveraged nurse practitioners and other clinicians to wrap around the physician to blow up that patient panel as large as possible centered around the physician. And I also saw firsthand that these nurse practitioners and other supporting clinicians were turning over a ton because the job satisfaction and the fulfillment in what they went to school for eons for, they didn't find fulfillment day to day in what they were doing because they weren't working at the top of their license. And, you know, I studied this a ton at all the organizations you mentioned, most recently at Optum, and found that there was a need to almost flip it on its head, you know. We worked for, I worked for, my team has worked for physician-centric organizations. They were physician-centric intentionally because that's what the payment model incentivized, right? And physicians paneled patients and take accountability of those patients. As states start to legislate around opening up scope of practice to allow nurse practitioners to take accountability of those patients, we're going to see an evolution of that payment model. And then we're going to see, and what we're preparing for is these businesses centering their models around nurse practitioners. And we want to be out first to provide a platform that wraps around the nurse practitioner, the technology, the resources, the team, the community, and cultures to allow them to practice at the top of their license. And, you know, where I came up with this idea is probably from all my experience, but really, like, if I think of that pivotal moment, you know, um, in history, it was probably during the pandemic in 2020, sitting at home, and, you know, COVID all around us, no vaccines yet, and sort of realizing as I was watching the news here in Los Angeles, it really spotlighted for me the very apparent health disparities and access issues that underserved populations faced. And I just thought, you know, this is just going to get worse as all these stressors on our system increase. And from my seat and with my experience, I almost feel a sense of responsibility to do something about it, given the exposure and history and background that I have. Otherwise, I think that our healthcare system is going to be in a world of hurt. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And you laid it out perfectly for a conversation that is needed now more than ever. So thank you for setting the stage, Sylvia. I do have to ask, you know, again, being with these storied industry leading organizations, did you have it on your roadmap to be a startup founder? No, I didn't, Mike. Absolutely not. <laughs> I think I was responding to a very obvious need and pain point, and that resonated with investors, with partners and clients. And before I knew it, I had contracts and, you know, we were starting to work up a, a plan and build an entity and I got funded. I mean, it doesn't happen that way for all founders, I understand. I'm fortunate that I have, you know, the network and the support system that would allow me to build this, you know, with decent backing and funding from reputable venture capital firms. But I think it's in response to, you know, if you're getting back to simplifying things to 
the altruistic need that more people need, you know, better care, right? And and I found a pocket that, you know, was responding to what people were craving and building against that and lucky enough to have the support. Well, you're spot on, Sylvia. And there's a learning lesson in there for all of us entrepreneurs. It's not building a product and then trying to go and find a home for it. It's solving for a need in the marketplace, which you just said, you saw that pocket, saw that need. And more importantly, you saw down the road of that need's going to only gain, there's going to be a greater importance of solving for that need as we continue on in this crisis, right? We are definitely not out of the thick of it. It is tough times. It's tough sledding in healthcare. So to be able to see that need and solve for it, exciting. Are there things being an entrepreneur that you didn't know about? I know when I jumped off the entrepreneurial cliff, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And it was like literally real-time business school every day. And I wouldn't trade it for the world, but it is some of the highest of highs, lowest of lows. It is a heck of a roller coaster. You better absolutely love with every fiber of your being what you're building because it is not easy. What has the experience been like for you, Sylvia? Yeah, same. I mean, it's high stakes. The cool part is, having come from really large organizations where there's just a lot of bureaucracy and, you know, teams on teams on teams and lots of stakeholders to communicate with, to be able to cut through all that and make a decision, see it get done and implemented in a very short period of time is really exciting and rewarding. And so that part, I mean, you can't trade, you know, that part is really fun, but it is stressful. I feel the weight on my shoulders of the team behind me and, this big mission that, you know, we've put out to the world that we want to achieve that, you know, eyes are on us and needing us to succeed. You know, I think we have to prove that there's an NP led primary care model that can differentiate the way we provide care to patients with a different type of payment model and solve maybe some of the burnout and the access and the equity that we see today. And that's heavy. And so I feel the pressure of that for sure. And then fundraising is hard. <laughs> oh, isn't it a blast? It's a blast, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Convincing everyone else that, you know, you've got this vision and getting them on board. And, you know, it's a simple enough idea that luckily we've been able to communicate it pretty clearly, you know, supply and demand and peas are ready. They're awesome. So it's been a fun ride. I will say, and we're going to get into the weeds of greater good health here in just a moment, but I will say to add to some of those comments, Sylvia, while it is incredibly stressful and that weight on your shoulders there every single day, I have to tell you, it has been some of my most rewarding moments in my professional journey of building a startup from scratch. Like you said, you could have an idea, test it out. If it works, pour some gas on it. If it doesn't, you know, kill it quickly. You know, not having those layers on layers and layers of bureaucracy is pretty darn cool at times as well. So I'm right there with you. Well, let's talk about that simple message that you, and that is a good, important point simplifying the message in the marketplace. It's amazing what that can do. So I know you've done it quite a bit. You're an entrepreneur now. You have to have your elevator pitch down. Bring the heat. What is your elevator pitch? What is Greater Good Health? Yeah, we are building a medical group for nurse practitioners, a virtual platform that supports nurse practitioners to thrive in primary care. Our goal is simply to expand access to more people who need care. And we're doing that by empowering NPs. We're preparing them to take on patient panel accountability as primary care providers of record, just like their physician peers are doing today. My practice that I go to has four physicians and one nurse practitioner. I think we're going to live in a world a couple years down the line where it's going to be four NPs and one physician because there's just a shortage of primary care providers. 
physicians coming out of school. They're not picking primary care. They're choosing other specialties for a whole host of reasons. Nurse practitioners are one of the fastest growing professions and more than 75% of them choose primary care, probably because there's lots of room, wiggle room, a lots of elbow room to take on accountability and direct and coordinate care for patients. And I find that NPs are really fulfilled and find a lot of rewarding experience in, in choosing primary care as a specialty. So we're seeing an influx of primary care NPs come out. We're also seeing states to what's called full practice authority, which allows NPs to practice at the top of their license and allows them to panel these patients, as I've been describing. And so 26 states so far have full practice authority legislation, and we're going to continue to advocate for other states to move in that direction as well. And we're following. We're following those states' lead and building models in those states that allow NPs to manage their own patient panels. So this means, what does this mean for like the day-to-day person? It means instead of waiting four, four months for a doctor's visit, you'll have a shorter wait because you'll have more options in your provider network, allowing nurse practitioners to be listed on the PCP directory and, you know, concurrently with the physicians who are currently listed. Yeah. So for our listeners that are learning about this for the first time and, and understanding the value proposition and the model that you guys are building at Greater Good Health, Sylvia, a lot of people use the word platform. What does that mean to you? What does that look like in practicality and in practice? What does that mean to you and your team? Yeah. Well, one thing that I want to bring up is that we fully employ our nurse practitioners and then sort of encapsulate them in this greater good health platform. And we think of this platform as a place where nurse practitioners have access to things like a digital community of peers, other greater good health nurse practitioners that they can learn from, connect with workplace isolation and burnout is a real issue in healthcare, as I'm sure you know, and we want to help solve for that with community and culture, a platform that offers them access to clinical resources that are tailored to nurse practitioners and what they need in practicing in primary care. So those could be point of care tools as they're visiting patients or seeing patients in a practice. Wellness and mindfulness is also something that we focus a lot of our attention on to, again, help prevent some of the burnout that we're seeing nurse practitioners are experiencing. And then their schedules, you know. So a lot of the times we see nurse practitioners come to us and they struggle with finding a balance between work and life. And we watch them manage, you know, a personal schedule, a patient schedule, an administrative schedule. And so we want a platform that allows them to integrate everything in one place So it feels like I'm one person. I'm not two different people. And that holistic sort of whole person approach that we have to the care we want to provide to our patients is the same approach we have to keeping our nurse practitioners well and healthy and ready to provide care to those patients. So let's talk about those patients as well, Sylvia. So this is a little bit of a marketplace play. Coach us up. What does it look like for, you know, nurse practitioner Mike to access patients? How do you fuel that side of it as well? Yeah, so we partner with risk-bearing entities, so provider groups or health plans, and our nurse practitioners are deployed to support the existing primary care model that exists today. Our nurse practitioners also can panel patients directly from health plans, where they would then have ownership of those patients in NP-led primary care practices that say greater good health on the door. So we can work with an array of different partners and our nurse practitioners have optionality. 
some of them love going into the home and meeting the patient and their families, their dog, their cat, <laughs> you know, and going through their photo albums and, you know, looking in their fridge and meeting their neighbors. And others really want to practice telehealth and do virtual visits and have that flexibility. And others really love owning a panel and working in a primary care practice and seeing people face-to-face. And we have luckily figured out a way to partner with all sorts of different organizations along that whole spectrum to allow nurse practitioners the flexibility and the option to practice in the way they can best fit into their life. That is exciting. And thank you for sharing that and all the different kind of use cases of how patients can engage as well. But of course, you know, as well as I do, Sylvia, we can talk about vision all we want and, and all the great things that we envision for our company and the technology that we're building. But at the end of the day, what matters most is the end user. And in this case, your MPs and your patients. What's the feedback been like from those personas, from those end users? Even if it's an N of one, what's that feedback been like? Yeah. Well, for our nurse practitioners, I think we have a really unique value proposition. We're a business that's centered around them, around nurse practitioners. And if you think about all the people you've interviewed, Mike, and, you know, all the healthcare organizations out there, it's not often I haven't come across an organization that's so nurse practitioner centric, you know, that's waking up and thinking about their career fulfillment, their benefits, rewards their growth and development, their community and culture. And I came from a universe, like I said, that's been really physician-centric. And I think it was like that way because we've created that, you know? And so we're engaging in contracts that allow us to focus on the NP. And so for a nurse practitioner to hear that is really different than what they're normally, you know, who they're normally talking to. There are options coming out of school or working for a hospital or a physician group, and not often do they get to hear our pitch. And so from a nurse practitioner's perspective, we've been getting really great feedback. We have really great offer acceptance rates. We have high teammate referral rates, and people are really excited. We don't have enough business to bring everyone in all at once, (laughs) but we'll get there. And for patients, I think there's work to do, to be honest, to migrate the market to a place where patients and partners and clients and legislators, quite frankly, are receptive to nurse practitioners who we maybe don't traditionally see in these roles. Are they qualified enough? Am I getting the same level of care? You know, am I missing something by going with a nurse practitioner versus a physician? And while some patients have been hesitant and it takes us to educate and campaign and advocate for nurse practitioners, Many people, once they've seen a nurse practitioner and received care from a nurse practitioner, often request to see the nurse practitioner again. I personally see my nurse practitioner in my doctor's office. I have three little girls, and I use a nurse midwife for all three deliveries. I personally love the attention, the holistic, whole person approach that nurses are educated, and you know their background is helping patients take their health concerns and issues and think about ways to change and adapt their lifestyles to meet those health concerns and medication needs and to live a better life in totality. And I think that that nursing approach is going to feel different than how a physician might approach you in a primary care setting. And that'll be an evolution over time as we continue to have this conversation and educate the public on what NPs can do. 
Well, I can tell you over here on my end, I absolutely love my NP for my primary care needs. You know, I have some specialty doctors for my lower back pain from my previous football career, but for my primary care needs, I absolutely love my MP. So if you are tuning in, you know I love you. She's wonderful. So I'm right there with you. She's incredible and, and a close, close part of our family and my personal health. So I'm right there with you, Sylvia. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm all in on the MP movement. Trust me. I love it. So Sylvia, let's change gears a bit. Let's pull the crystal ball off the shelf here. Let's look a little future state. You mentioned it, right? So the marketplace our communities, they're still learning about this. Mm-hmm. They're still needing to hear these campaigns and understand the benefits of what you're discussing, especially with the looming crisis that we know is only going to continue to grow. So let's look in that crystal ball a bit, two to three, three to five years out. Where do you see things heading being an expert in this space on the macro? And you've kind of shared a little bit previously on the episode already, but where do you see things heading not only for the industry and what we need to do to meet demand and meet the needs of the industry and, and more importantly, patients around this country, where do you also see greater good health going as well? Yeah, I think in general, if we were, you know, to step up to like the 30,000 foot level, I think the migrate toward value-based care. So this idea of not quantifying care and the number of visits and the volume of procedures and encounters, but thinking about care from a qualitative perspective and based on outcomes and health status and what you're doing about the patient's conditions and what they're struggling with. I think that migration to value-oriented and value-based care contracting is going to continue. And I think we're going to see more of that. I think it has to be the way we go, honestly. We can't go backwards from there. And I think if we're watching CMMI and everything that Medicare is doing, they're trying to build programming to allow providers and payers to move in that direction. And so I think at a high level, we're going to see value-based care is going to continue to grow. I think we're going to see a continuation of care coordination. So probably more of a migration of Medicare fee-for-service patients moving into Medicare Advantage plans where they are coordinated and have quarterbacks to help them, primary care providers to help them think through, do I need to be a back pain specialist or do I need a cardiologist and who in the network is best suited to help me? And so I think that's going to continue. And as that continues, and our focus and attention and the metrics are going to be around outcomes, how the patient's health status is, their quality of life, their adherence to their care plans and their medications. As we think about those types of metrics, instead of the the volume metrics that maybe we're accustomed to, I think NPs are actually really well suited to provide that type of care because of the nursing background we talked about, because of the way that they practice and care for patients. Nurse practitioners tend to like to go into the home more often than physicians do. They have adopted, you know, virtual and technology telehealth tools faster than physicians have. And I think that value-based care is a perfect match for nurse practitioners, and I think they're going to win there. So I think if I had a crystal ball, Greater Good Health would be all over the map in the U.S. I imagine we will be in pockets of need where physicians aren't practicing today and where, quite honestly, it's likely a nurse practitioner or some other clinician, not a physician, who's taking care of that community anyway, because physicians, you know, luckily get to choose where they want to go to practice, and that leaves some communities without 
providers to care for them. And these are more likely to go back to rural communities. They're more likely to actually, as a population, are more diverse and speak different languages and look more like the patients that they care for. And so I think we'll probably see greater good health practices in areas where there are underserved communities and less physician presence to, again, help expand access to primary care in areas in pockets where plans need provider presence and patients need access to practitioners. I absolutely love it. And it is so, so needed. And everything you hit on, I'm very excited about because this is where we need to go. And there are certainly pockets across our country where care is desperately needed. And so painting that vision of where you see greater good health going, I am a big fan of, and I applaud all of that. But let's bring it now back again to current state, Sylvia, and how we can be helping you and the team today. It's an amazing group that tune in to this podcast on the weekly, some of our nation's leaders who are very passionate about moving healthcare forward. With that, what's one problem need or question that you and the team have that we can be helping you with? You know, we, as we talked about, we have a ways to go with educating the market and consumers that NPs can and do already deliver high quality care for their patients. And you know, studies have shown that nurse practitioners even have higher patient satisfaction in some cases, better quality metrics, and can reduce unnecessary healthcare expenditures. And so I'd ask just stay open-minded and receptive to practitioners who may not fit the traditional mold that you're used to seeing, but also care empathetically and can provide the same level, maybe better quality of care. And I find that as we've discussed that it takes just that one experience to flip somebody and I think if we continue to advocate for nurse practitioners or just anybody who, any clinician who's there for the right reasons, right, to take care of another human being, I think just staying open-minded about what that person can do and what their scope allows them to do, what their schooling, you know, prepared them to do, I think we need to swat away the, the BS and the egos, the politics and all, all the bureaucratic stuff and really get to the core and simplify as we started the conversation today, right? Like just simplify down to, is this person qualified to do this role? And if they are, I think we give them a chance and we're here. Greater Good Health is here to build a platform to allow and empower those nurse practitioners to do just that. So two big things, and it's full circle from the front end, simplify and let's shed the orthodoxy because what we've been doing for the past number of decades is no longer working and it's no longer relevant. So I'm right there with you. Trust me, I'm tired of the orthodoxy and doing the same thing over and over again. It's not working. So I'm right there with you. So Sylvia, in order to have those conversations, in order to you know, have these discussions around these important topics for our community, how can they get a hold of you? Social media handles, websites, or otherwise, Where do we find you online? Yeah, we're at www.greatergoodhealth.com. We're on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and our handle's at Greater Good Health. Easy enough. How about that? And you can also find all those contact points in the episode notes. So in your favorite podcast player, simply scroll down and click on through to get a hold of Sylvia and the Greater Good Health team that way. Or you can head over to our free global online community at passionatepioneers.com. There will be a post for this episode with all those contact points listed in that post, as well as an opportunity to leave comments, feedback, suggestions, or otherwise for Sylvia and the team again over at passionatepioneers.com. All right, Sylvia, this has been a heck of a conversation. You brought it full circle. I absolutely love it. Simplify, shed the orthodoxy, but now we're going to ask one more. We're going to get you out here. got one more item for the episode. It's a fill in the blank. 
I'm a passionate pioneer because? Because I empower others. I've always been passionate about supporting others to find fulfillment in their work and their lives. I absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. Way to bring it home. What an unbelievably awesome conversation, a needed conversation, and something I'm personally very, very committed to because I have it in my own personal life. So rooting on those MPs, this is a big deal. This is a huge movement. This is needed now more than ever. We are rooting you on, Sylvia. I really, really appreciate you coming today, having this conversation with us. Thank you for all that you do. And again, thank you for joining us today on the episode. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.